Welcome, everyone, to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I am flying solo today. Yes, it's going to be roughly an hour and a half to two hours of me talking in your ears, so please don't tune out right here, because I can see the metrics, and I'll take it personally. Hostway is currently LARPing with his friends, and he's not available, and our producer Liz is not available to record this week, so we're going to see how I do on my own. Please don't be too mean in the comments. So, uh, But of course, here we always talk about the news first before we get into the comic books, and we normally focus on just comic book news, but I would be remiss if I don't start with a very serious concern that occurred today as of recording. Um, the Supreme Court has taken some pretty heinous actions today on Friday. Um, we try not to get into politics on the show, even though our pol- political stances are very apparent to anyone who knows us. Um, but this is just abhorrent. Something needs to change. And we all need to work together to cause change to happen. We can't simply just vote. We've been voting and nothing is changing. So we all need to work together. We need to do whatever we can because rights are being threatened by a corrupt regime. And we need to band together to take the appropriate actions. Um, if you end up going to protests, be safe. There's lots of resources online about how to protest safely. Um, and if you are someone in need of service in a state that does not allow it, there are services out there for you to get help. Um, so I encourage you to look out for those. If you're unable to find some, feel free to reach out to myself or Josue, because we're more than happy to do the research for you. That being said, let's get to the ha-has. <sighs> I know. What a transition, right? Let's talk about some comics. Uh, first of all, even though we just reported that Marvel Studios would not be going to San Diego Comic-Con this, this, week, this year, it does look like they've actually gone back on that. It does look like Marvel Studios is going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, confirmed by Kevin Feige. Um, so we don't know the extent of that, but man, they have a lot of stuff coming up. I mean, we have Guardians 3 coming up. We have um, Thor Love and Thunder. We have Black Panther 2. We have a lot coming up. So you'd think they would want to highlight that stuff. Plus, you know, She-Hulk and a lot of other shows and stuff. So I'm glad to see they're going to be there. I wish I was there, but I'm not, unfortunately. So Next up, Marvel has actually signed the rights to Planet of the Apes as far as comic book rights go. And they are going to be launching a new series in 2023. This is bizarre to me. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. I've never been the biggest Planet of the Apes fan, I'll be honest with you. But, I mean, I'd love to see what Marvel does with it. I think it'd be really cool. Um, if you're a big fan of Planet of the Apes, make sure to you know let us know what you think. Next up, one of my favorite image books right now is Frontiersman. And the creators of Frontiersman, Patrick Kinlan and Marco Ferrari, are reuniting for a new series called Antioch from image um yeah i, I did we only have really have a preview we have a couple page preview but i love frontiersman and i really think this looks like a lot of fun um it's not the same it's not, i don't think it's in the same even universe but it looks really really cool so uh check that out for yourself you can find that on cbr.com next bit of news titan comics has won the lottery of getting the conan the barbarian publishing rights from marvel and they announced the new series will start in 2023. We've been talking about this because Conan currently features in Savage Avengers. So we're wondering, what's the deal there? How are they going to work this out? So now that we have you know a destination and a date, we can start watching Savage Avengers and see what's going to happen. So that's really curious. And I'm curious to see what Titan does, because Titan does some really good work, especially with, um, with different IPs. Like I've, I've really enjoyed several of their books. Um, for outside IPs. I think they're a good publisher for that. So we'll see. I'm, I'm curious about it. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1980s cartoon, which I was raised on, is coming back as a four-part comic book miniseries. I, I think this is really cool. I kind of wish the original creators were involved. They're not. It's going to be Eric Burnham and Tim Laddie. But it will be coming out in September. And yeah, I loved that cartoon. That was my favorite cartoon ever. Um, so yeah, I think that's really cool. Uh, also it's going to have a variant cover by Kevin Eastman. So one of the co-creators, so I'll definitely be getting that one. (laughs) Um, but yeah, moving on, uh, we got to talk about miles Morales's what if series. 
the most recent issue, what if Miles Morales was Thor, uh, had some controversy. I, 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 in my, in my ignorance of who I am, was like, oh, it's fine. I, it didn't click with me the offensiveness of this. So if you heard me on the previous show, I've had you know I've seen several people's accounts of this and realized this isn't something that I would necessarily notice, and it's definitely a blind spot for me. So I do want to apologize for you know if I did give it too glowing of a of a review because I can see the problems with it now. Um, however, um, the writer of it, Yehudi Mercado, has done a little bit of. Uh, making things right, uh, apologize for the unauthentic writing, and has promised to donate his pay to New York City charity. So I think that's good, taking responsibility. You know, I, I, I don't think it's like, I don't know. I, I think I think it's enough. I, I mean, it's it's obviously a big problem. and But I'm just excited to see they're not just denying. They're actually taking responsibility. So I think that's really cool. Uh, next up, Mad Cave Studios is a obviously a publisher that me and host we talk about sometimes and we got an announcement for several fall and winter titles and solicits that are coming up um including a new series from cullen bunn called a legacy of violence which will be a 12 issue horror mystery um and it'll also come from andrea moody um also uh we let's see here we got some others um nature's labyrinth by zach thompson and bailey underwood and then Dahlia in the Dark by Joe Corallo and and- Andrea Milana. So a couple really cool ones. Check them out. You, there's previews online. You can definitely check those out and see what you think. Uh, Mad Cave deserves some love, so pick up some books. Final bit of news. I love ending with this. Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham return to Miracle Man. Uh, there's a new Miracle Man story coming from Marvel in celebration of the 40th anniversary. It's called Miracle Man number zero. It's a giant size one shot. And it's going to feature so many people, including Neil Gaiman, Jason Aaron. Uh, it's going to have Mike Carey, Ty Templeton. Uh, we're going to have uh, Mark Buckingham, obviously doing art, Templeton doing art, Ryan Stegman. This is really cool. Uh, for those who don't much, know much about Miracle Man, I highly recommend checking it out. It's it's interesting. It's definitely like not what you'd expect from Marvel, obviously, but it's totally it's really really good. I would highly recommend checking it out. I know I spoke with. Um, I believe our buddy Case Aiken about Miracle Man briefly. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for this. This is going to be really cool. Uh, but that's all the news that I have. It's time to start talking about some comics. And as always on this show, even when I'm alone, we start not with a bang, but a boom. So Boom Studios is ready to launch us off. And I'm going to start with Something is Killing the Children. Uh, one of the things I miss most about Hostway not being here is I can't show off my covers on the camera. Um, but just so you know, I did get the cover A, and I did get both variants of the mask for the the dragon, the head of the house. Um, so they're really, really sick. Make sure to pick them up. That being said, creative team. Written by James Tynan, the fourth, of course. Art is by Wertha Deladera. The colors are Mikel Muerto, and letter by Anne World Design. I love this one. Uh, I love Erica on this mission, and... She only has like one ally in the house. And now we know that they're possibly in trouble. And it's really building up the tension really well um, to a character that I really grew to love and two very short appearances. Uh, I'm hmm, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm also I, I love the design of the monster. We get a really good look at it in this issue. And I think that it's it's a great choice. It, it's definitely distinct, obviously, from the first monster. They had to do that. And I'm really liking what's happening with the young woman she's she's working with. Um, I like her character quite a bit. And I think that's one of the underrated things about something that's killing the children is the victims are amazing. The character victims are so cool. And I really want to see what they have in store for this one. So highly recommend, but honestly, you're probably already buying it. So you don't need my recommendation. Uh, next up, we only find them when they're dead. Oh man. Written by Al Ewing, illustrated by Simone DeMeo. Colors by Maria uh, Sarah Miotti and lettered by Andworld. Oh, man, this book. Okay. It, it, we're starting the third volume. So there's, it's, 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 the, it's literally a third story. It's going to be the third story. And we finally found out what, what this has all been about. And it's, I, I, I can't talk about it a lot without spoiling, but I will say that it harkens back to the beginning of the series. Um, 
I'm really feeling very positive about this series because I feel like a lot of the questions I had early on that I was worried weren't going to get answered. I really feel like they are going to get answered this time. So I really like it. Check it out. Uh, we only find them when they're dead. It's issue 11. So it's exactly two trades to catch up if you want to. And once again, from Boom. And our final book is Magic the Hidden Planeswalker number three. Written by Magred Scott. Illustrated by Fabiana Mascolo, Kath Lobo, Roberta Ingranata, uh, Michael Schelfer, Mariano Tebo. Um, with some background assistance by Lee, Lee Caballero and French Carlo Magno. Colored by Francesco Sagala, with coloring assistance by Gloria Martinelli, and lettered by Ed Dukeshire. I just love this new Planeswalker. I adore her. I, I want her card. If she's some, like, spoiler alert, she interacts with other Planeswalkers. She can boost them. And the idea of a Planeswalker that assists Planeswalkers in the game is amazing. But you're not here for a Magic the Gathering podcast. You're here for a comic book podcast. And I really like the focus that we're getting on a, a character that a lot of people like, including Josue. Um, like Liana is like one of the, one of his favorite characters. I don't think she's his favorite, but uh, Liliana is just so cool. And I love the design of her and the way she's being drawn. And I just, I just adore it. And yeah, I'm really excited to see where this goes. And we're tying back into the whole last arc and things might get worse with Merit Lodge and uh, it's really good. It's building so well. It looks like we only have one issue left. So I'm very curious to see where we're going to leave off on this series. But if you're a magic fan, check it out. Next up, we are switching comics to Titan comics. I just mentioned them earlier being a great publisher for outside IPs, especially. And we're going to talk about cowboy bebop. One of those outside IBs. Um, Cowboy Bebop number four. This is based on the show, not the anime. And it's, I've been really enjoying it. Written by Dan Waters, art Lamar Mathern, Mathern, there we go. Colors by Emilio Leche, and lettering by Richard Starkings and Jimmy Betancourt of Comicraft. This is the end of the arc. And I, it really makes me sad because this is probably the end of the series because of how the show fared. But I've really enjoyed the comic. I really thoroughly have loved this. And I like that we're getting new stories from the Cowboy Bebop universe. I want more. Of course, I liked the show. I know a lot of people didn't, but I mean, I have my theories about that. We're not going to get into it. But um, I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I like these interpretations of these characters. So that helped out quite a bit. And yeah, I just, mm, I wish there were more. I hope there's going to be more. I hope Titan has faith in it. And I hope it sold well. I, I haven't really noticed the sales. So um, hopefully we'll see. But that's my only Titan book this week. Next up, we are going to talk about Black Mask Studios and an old podcast familiar favorite, Destiny New York number 11. Written by Pat Shan, illustrated by Rosie Comp, letter by Jim Campbell with editing by Shannon Lee. This is the epilogue to the second arc, and I love it. I love it so much. Now, keep in mind, I've, I've already read ahead because I have the I have the kickstarted uh, graphic novels, so I know what happens. And I really wanted Josue to be here for this one, but he wasn't. And I don't know what he's going to say, and I'm very excited about it. We'll see. Um, I'm also very excited to read Gangster Asperista, because I haven't actually read it yet. And if Pat Chan's listening, if you could drop a like reading order list for us, that would be amazing, because I'm kind of confused. I want to make sure we don't spoil each other, each other with stuff, so I would love that. But... I highly recommend Destiny New York. One of my favorite books out there. It's so much fun. And this arc has been incredible. Get ready to jump on for the third arc and for Gangster Asperista featuring who's probably my favorite character. But yes, definitely high, high, high recommend for that one. Next up, we're going to talk about the biggest of the indies, which is Image Comic Books. First up, a number one, Beware the Eye of Odin. Uh, written by Don, uh, Doug Wagner, art by Tim Odland, colored by Michelle Madsen, and lettered by Ed Dukeshire. I really like this. I'm a sucker for anything Vikings. You guys know that. Um, and so I really liked this one. And it's done, I, I like the art. It's really not an art style I've seen in like a, a Viking epic. Um, but I really enjoyed this book quite a bit. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> there's, it's settled around three people. And I mean, I like them all. I like how the main guy is kind of not great, 
Like that's one of the thing is just I love it. I love that like a non perfect hero. Uh, I also really like uh, Cadlin. Uh, she's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna describe it. You need to check it out. But yeah, it's gonna be like a hero's journey kind of story, and I'm very excited about that. There's some really cool creature design, and it is very mythological in the way they have to solve their problems. Like I, I think it's gonna be very much like that because they encounter a creature they don't want to attack, and what do they do? I think it was really well done. And also the third character I haven't mentioned creates the greatest weapon of all time. I'm not even going to tell you. You're going to have to look it up yourself. But yeah, check it out. Beware the Eye of Odin number one from Image Comics. Next up, Noctera number 11. All right. Written by Scott Snyder, drawn by Tony S. Daniel, colored by Marcelo Maiolo, and lettered by Anworld Design. This issue was great. Um, I'm worried. Uh, we, we lost some characters, um, which, you know, is typical of the show. But we might have lost, in a way, we'll see one of the main characters. I'm not going to spoil that. And, of course, I mean, this is barely a spoil. Blacktop Bill is still a piece of shit. And we should have seen that coming. But, um, yeah, I really think uh, it's been really good. And, man, that last page. Ooh, it's so good. I don't want to spoil it because it's one of the best reveals of the week. But if you've been reading Noctera, that last page will knock you on your butt. I really, really, really liked it. And I'm so curious to see where that's going and what's going to happen with the, the team now. Um, because they're kind of on their last hope. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be really cool. I, and I'm, I don't know how much longer this is going to go either. That's going to be a really curious question. So check it out. Noctera. Next up, I Hate This Place, number two. Written by Kyle Starks. Drawn by Artyom Topolin, colored by Lee Luffridge, and lettered by Pat Brousseau. I love this. It's such a great little, like, uh, queer story about two women in love who inherit a house, you know, in a ranch, and surprise, it's haunted. And I love the reactions to it because they're like, well, it's a house. Like, that's that's our generation being like, I mean, yeah, there's ghosts, but it is a house. I mean, <laughs> so the housing market's pretty ridiculous right now, guys. Like, I love that. I love both characters so much. Um, and then there's other characters like uh, the the ranch hands that uh, they hire, and man, there's like some brutal, brutal violence in this, and I I, I love it, and it's but serious, but it's got a sense of comedy to it too. Um, and I, I think it's really, really fun, and I'm really curious to see where we're gonna go from here. It also features a um a psychic. They go for a psychic reading, and there's a really grim, bloody moment there, and I just really loved it. Nothing too like horrifically violent, but definitely something that I I did not like, is what I'll say, in a good way. So yeah, check it out. I think this is really cool. I hate this place, number two from Image. And next, Blood Stained Teeth, number three. Written by Christian Ward. Art by Patrick Reynolds. Colors by Heather Moore, and letters by Hassan Atsmani El Hau. This one, I just, I'm really, I love the art so much of this book. Uh, the the story is great, don't get me wrong. But every time I look at it, every time I open it up to talk about it, I just immediately stare at the art and look at it and think about how much I love it. Um, I love this whole scavenger hunt we're on to collect all these, you know, baby vampires essentially and kill them. And he only, you know, he has a time limit, which is great for story purposes. And I love the creative ways he handles situations. And I love the, I love these monsters, like the ones they that he has to hunt down. There's like really interesting stories about each one of them and who they are and what they're trying to accomplish. And some of them are just so grim and awful. And I just think it's really interesting. Um, I love a good vampire book anyways. It's one of the horror like genres that I absolutely adore. And uh, I just think this is a really cool idea. It's really unique. It's a very original idea. And... I don't know. I, I just really, I'm excited to see where this goes. And uh, I'm excited to see how many more like insane monsters we can come up with. So definitely check it out. It's very early on. So you can catch up bloodstained teeth at number three from image comics. Next up, we are going to the radiant verse for radiant red number four of five. My favorite of the radiant books, in my opinion, uh, written by Cherish Chen, art David Lafuente, Clever by Mikel Muerto and Letter by Diego Sanchez. I should be clear, I like all of them. But this is my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we get the actual heist. And just like any good narrative heist, the heist goes wrong. And 
I love the position that they're putting Red in. There's a lot going on in their personal life as well as as with this, uh, you know, this theft they're trying to pull off, and it's it's all building up. And I just I just love like we only have one issue left, and what's going to happen with her? And I really hope she's able to come back to like Radiant Black, and I really want a team book is what I really really want. Um, me and us we have talked about that quite a bit. But I've been really enjoying this book. I love the art again. It's not the art you would normally think of for a book like this, but I think it makes it amazing. Um, there's an actual shot of her yelling at her her partner, um, leaning over on him with her hands on her knees, and I just love that shot. Her face is perfect. I just I just love this book. Highly recommend jumping on the Radiant Universe because this this is huge. It's 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 a whole new superhero universe, not controlled by DC or Marvel, and everyone should get on the ground floor. I cannot recommend that enough um it's been a blast and it's not a lot to catch up on if you want to go ahead and catch it up it's not hard you just gotta get radiant black rogue sun and radiant red and i'm actually going to transition over to rogue sun right now we're going to talk about rogue sun issue five written by ryan perot uh arts by abel and simone ragazzoni color by natalia marquez and letter by becca carey uh this one obviously it's it's edgier it's got more of an edge to it because he's an edgy person. He's kind of a bad person. That's one thing I like about this new Rogue Son. And just finding out the, the family revelations. Like every issue of the series has been a different family revelation. And I think that's one of the things I've loved most about this is like, here's a goofy villain. Here's a family revelation. And I think that's been a lot of fun to actually experience. This one, if you, um, it's not a spoiler because it came out last issue. This one involves his mother, who isn't related to the whole uh, Rogue Son family she's separate on her own and it's actually a really tragic story and i really enjoyed it and i'm oh man i don't know what's going to happen here because rogue son isn't your typical hero and you know those kind of you know rogue renegade characters can kind of do what like can take actions that normal heroes don't so i'm really curious to see where that goes i do love that between radiant red radiant black and rogue son all of them are kind of featuring like anti-hero like touches with the radiant red doing you know stealing uh rogue son kind of being a piece of crap and kind of being a little more violent than he needs to be and then radiant black also being a little more violent than he needs to be um at least a couple issues ago so i'm I'm curious to see where this goes and to see if they're able to overcome all this if they're able to come together in traditional sentai fashion and i hope they do and i cannot wait to see them transform into one giant radiant uh hopefully fingers crossed that being said Next up, The Silver Coin, number 11. Written by James Tynan, line work and lettering by Michael Walsh, colored by Tony Mary Griffin and Michael Walsh, and with a backup story by Adam Gorham. Uh, <laughs> this one, I don't know if you've ever worked in food service. Uh, this one's about food service, like a tiny diner. And we start to see more of the motivation behind The Silver Coin and less of just random stories, because we see someone intentionally inflict The Silver Coin on somebody. Um, which hasn't happened in the past, but this one felt like a a purpose. There was a purpose here. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen here. This is one of the goriest issues of the Silver Coin so far. And it gory in a way that made me incredibly uncomfortable. In a good way. Um, there's certain things I just cringe with, and this is chock full of it. And yeah, I'm, 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 I, again, I want to know what Josue thought of this book. I wish he was here. So, but And then the backup story is only three or four pages. So it is going to extend through the rest of this volume. And I'm very curious to see what happens there too. It's very cool. Jump on the silver coin. It's volume three starting number 11. Uh, if you don't know anything about it, it's a horror series. It's an anthology and the writer changes every time. So it's always the same artist, but writer changes. And this one is James Stein in the fourth, which I mean, one of the best writers in comics. You can't complain. And finally, we're going to wrap up image. <sighs> you know what? No. I cannot review Homesick Pilots number 15 without Josue. I don't care if he's out of town. I'm going to get him. And of course, we have to talk about the final issue of one of our favorite books. And even though Josue is absent this week, I absolutely could not review this issue without him. So, making a quick special guest appearance before he runs away to fight in the woods with his friends, my Star Wars sidekick, who is currently at my side, Josue. I made it. I made it, and I am so fucking ready to talk about this book because you are not going to have an episode 
without me talking about the finale to of all fucking books this yeah. one of course we are talking about the dan waters written caspar wingard drawing aditya bitakar lettering homesick pilots number 15 the final issue yeah <sighs> i was talking i was telling this way that if you look at our podcast um if you break it down to two eras which you guys might know what eras we're talking about. Um, <laughs> the first era, really, the books our show were based around was Die and Daredevil. Yeah. Um, Daredevil is what brought us together to make a podcast. And Die was the one that we all clicked with and immediately obsessed over and worked, mm-hmm. like, really started clicking with it and talking to each other about it. So uh, those kind of fell by the wayside a little bit. Die ended. Daredevil is still great, but went on hiatus and stuff. Um, but ever since me and Hostway went independent, it's my opinion, the book that has defined this show is Homesick Pilots because it's indie. It's everything Hostway is because it's a horror story with punk rock commentary on top <laughs> of it. It's emotional. It's got teenagers in it. It's literally everything I love. Like, so it's basically the perfect book for us. And, it's been so good, and we've been really terrified of it ending for so long. <laughs> like, right. So, the final issue has come. Uh, we will get into a bit of spoilers. So if you haven't read it yet and you want to, uh, fast forward or something. <laughs> so, Do so. Catch up, because it, it, it's fucking awesome. Pause this. Go read it and come back. But um, I... I was not emotionally prepared mm-hmm. for the ending. Um, the revelation when the bomb is about to go off. Right. Was heart wrenching. And it was so good. And these, these young idiots that we got to know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just so interesting to see the conclusion of their story. Yeah. But, I think, to me, the highlight of the issue, and I, again, me and Josue are very simpatico. We know each other very well. (laughs) I don't think that you're going to disagree with me here. That the best way for this book to end is with three idiot teenagers, (laughs) one of which just fucking loving the music they're listening to, one being just a critical ass <laughs> and the other one offering supporting comment and then saying, maybe we should start a band. Yeah. No better way to end this book. To end with those famous last words, those famous five last words that every idiot asshole just thinks that they have the best idea. We should start a band. It's, it's just the best, dumbest thing to say out loud. And I'm so happy I went there. <laughs> it's also going to be the title of this episode, by the yes. way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I I loved it. I love these characters. As saying goodbye to them. There's sometimes like when you get a series like this, that's not a mini, but is definitely a short run. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a planned end that we get to the end. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what's next for them yeah like wait but there's more right like and i i, I can't ex- i have not accepted yet that this is the end of those characters and huh what hmm, what do you think Osway? i'm gonna let you I, go for i feel it. like i feel like it's like it'll be it'll be a much easier blow once i come to the acceptance because yeah once we once we get like the twist like the reveal not really the twist but it's just like I guess like not that it was obvious, but it was just like yeah. I guess if we're, if we're playing by rules here, with rules here, I guess it was always very much apparent. Or it's like we should just we should have just always known. But this this is comics. Like we're gonna we're gonna see our fucking Jose Pilots like live out and be the best band of all time, like they are on the radio uh, with our three new new idiots. But all those reveals are just like made it easier to just like how accepting they were of it all. And then just like, and, and I like that it all turned into like Meg, like, like we love, we love our band, but it all came down to like, no, we were like the Meg, we were, we were Meg the whole time on like, right. with the, with the struggle. 
and that was just a, such a sweet position to be on be in and then to, to read it and then God, yeah the, the ending was just so satisfying and especially as we've been tracking the back cover one last sticker oh. <sighs> so good just them <laughs> it's so good dude i love this so much it's amazing and just to think where we started Right. To where we got. It's just an incredible arc. And God, it's it's the last of our like experimental music books. Like we had a we had a while there where we had like three or four books that were about like a band in a weird situation. Mm-hmm. Or like um what was the one um that you were reading? Terminal Punks. Terminal Punks, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. We had like three or four of those at once. This is kind of the last last man standing, basically. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we need another music book, Josue. <laughs> I know. Right now we have like we just uh music adjacent, but we just have like the radio ones, Radio Apocalypse and What's the First yeah. Place from Here, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Which but who knows where that will go. <laughs> uh Radio Apocalypse is so sporadic, it's hard to I know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, dude. Anything you want else you want to say before I let you run off to your vacation? It's just, it, it was it was it was a really good send off to a, a final issue. Again, we talk about like final issues and like either like they'll hit or miss or like depending on the ending. It's like it's an ending that we have to accept uh, just because that's obviously how the writer wrote it. But with this one, it was just so satisfying. Like going issue to issue, mystery to mystery just diving deeper into like the madness to just get it all here. And then just like still be very horror and punk at its foundation at its core. I love that. I never left that. And then, and then never forgot that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, safe journey. Josue. Thanks. Go fake your fake fight. Your friends for me. I will. I'm going to go kill them all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Back to our regular scheduled programming. And I'm back alone. Thank you. Josue. There was no way I was reviewing that book without you. It's been one of the books of our show. It's been one of the books we've loved the most. And yeah, it didn't feel right. So I'm glad we were able to talk about that before you left. Uh, Magic editing, I know. But next, we're going to talk about DC Comics. And I have a stack this week and a couple number ones, which I'm really excited about. Um, The first one is Aquaman and the Flash of Void Song. Uh, This is like an extra thick book one for this it has a spine it has the title on the spine so it's nice and thick written by colin kelly and jackson lansing art by vasco georgiev colors by rain burrito and letter by troy pateri um this i mean obviously obviously i immediately thought of the green lantern aquaman mini that just ended um which was fine but didn't blow me away or anything like that i'm already i'm really enjoying this more i think this is a a more i don't know complete story i think it um I think it has more potential to be like a really epic grand scale. Um, I don't mean to put books against each other, but it, they're so similar in that it's Aquaman and one of the members of the Justice League teaming up to do something. This one has some real heart to it, and I really enjoy that. And we see some really cool guest appearances. It's also like a really big threat from the beginning. And I really like the idea of Flash and Aquaman working out how they're going to work together. Uh, Green Arrow and Aquaman they're both pretty brash, you know, and like it was, it was kind of like the same, not the same character, but they had similar personality traits. So it was, there wasn't much to bounce off of. They were just the way they were. This one, I love flash being, you know, so attentive and so, um, eager to do everything. And Aquaman being stone faced. And, you know, I, I just really enjoy this story. Um, so check it out. It's an extra big one, but it looks like it's going to be really good. I'm really enjoying it. And just so you know, it is not black label, even though it is plus size, uh, this is uh, appears to be normal DC. So once again, Aquaman, the Flash Void song. And that takes us to another number one from DC. This is Black Adam number one. I love Black Adam. I've not made a secret of that. He is cool. Uh, the new 50 or no, the 52 series. He was so good in that. Um, the little fan fiction I've written for comics has involved Black Adam handing superman his ass so you can basically see how i feel about black adam i love him he's fantastic um this does take place before the death the death of the justice league just so you know written by priest art by rafa sandoval colored by matt herms and letter by willie schubert i i love this i love the way they portray him especially in a civilian guys in this he looks cool as hell 
He gives me real Shinobi Shaw vibes from back in the day, and I love that. And we're introduced to a new character. Not told much about him. And I love him already. He's fantastic. There's a great confrontation with like a white supremacist, and I think that's really great. He's also got a really ridiculous sense of humor that I think will bounce really well off Black Adam. I think that's a really good choice because Black Adam is a bit stoic and serious. I think this is a good choice to bounce off of. Um, with that being said, I'm not, I don't worry about spoilers with the number one because I want to hook you in. The core to this is Black Adam is dying and he needs to bequeath his power to somebody. And it looks like it's going to be this kid. Uh, and we're going to get to know him, I, I suppose. And that'll be really interesting to see that go down to somebody. And if it's permanent and what the Black Adam family is going to look like. I, I just think that's really cool. I love the I love Black Adam so much. So I hope I hope Teth Adam isn't gone. I hope he's still around. But I am excited about the potential future for this character. I think it's being handled very well. So if you're at all a Black Adam fan, I recommend picking this up at number one. It is a one of 12, so it is a mini, or a limited, I should say. So make sure to pick it up. Uh, I recommend it highly. Which brings us to a milestone book in DC, and that is Duo. I really like this book. It's um, Of the second generation of milestone books, this is the one that's definitely going to click with me, I think, the most. Um, I like the art. I love the story way too much, because it's weird and dark, and it's great. Written by Greg Pak, uh, penciled by Koi Pham, inked by Scott Hanna, colored by Chris Sotomayor, and lettered by Janice Ching. Um, just a- after the first issue, when we find out that our two characters now share a body, and it's the whole, have you ever wanted to spend every waking moment of your life with somebody? Have you ever wanted to hear every one of their thoughts? Do you really want to hear one of their all their thoughts? Like it's, it's kind of a grim thought, and I really enjoyed like the way they're experimenting on it, including him, like, like checking out a girl's butt. And it's like, no, I didn't. And it's just like, I- I'm inside of you. I know what you did. And I really liked that. I thought that was cool. And it's, it's really interesting. And what's going to happen and how long is it going to last? And is it going to lead to further friction with them? I-, I think that's a really cool story. And I think it's, I think it bounces their seemingly very strong powers as well. Because there's a constant conflict. Um, I think that even though they're incredibly powerful, that definitely balances things out. And I really like this story. Um, I, I'm really enjoying it. I highly recommend. Check out all the Milestone books. We're actually going to talk about Milestone in a moment. Um, actually, let's transition right now to Milestone. There is an 88-page giant Milestone in History number one from DC this week. I'm not going to read the creative team because there's so many stories. And it's an anthology. So check it out for yourself. It's really, really cool. But uh, I just, I really liked it. And it does, it's not just a bunch of anthology stories. It sets literally the history of everything. And I think that's really cool. I think it, it like, especially the first bit, the one that actually takes place in ancient history, I think it sets up everything very well. And then, of course, it brings us into our other characters, our milestone characters. And I, I think this is, a, like, of all the anthologies that we've gotten recently. I think this is one of the most important because a lot of these characters are unknown. And this is our chance to actually learn who they are and experiment with them. And, (laughs) and there's a Prince appearance, (laughs) which is always good. Uh, But yeah, highly recommend the milestone 88 page giant uh, from DC. Check it out. Um, More milestone, please. I love milestone. So next up, Fables 152, another one I wish Josue was here for. Written by Bill Willingham, penciled by Mark Buckingham, inked by Steve Leoloa, colored by Lee Luffridge, and lettered by Todd Klein. Uh, so going through it spoiler-free, we do get to see who was resurrected, and it was exactly who I assumed it would be, not spoiling. Um, we get to see a lot more of the new, <laughs> the new placement in the green, which I think is really cool. Um, I love the character design for Jack in the Green and Jack in the Green. I think she's adorable. And I think that's going to be an interesting story. Um, I love that we're going back to the farm. I love the farm. And I love that the caption is, remember the farm? <laughs> Which is great. Um, I, I love checking in with the farm and figure out what's going on with them. This one actually checks in with a lot of characters, including Geppetto, which was really interesting. And then we get a really 
really impactful moment near the end. And I'm curious to see where that's going. I wish Josue was here because he recently reread the series and he would have more of like a fresh eyes on it. But I mean, I've always really liked fables. We've talked about in the past, you know, our love of fables and why. Um, not for the reasons that some people would want us to like it. Um, but I, I really enjoy it and I'm curious to see where that's going to go. Um, and I, there's some characters I want back still, but I don't think we're going to get. Um, I'm still a Boy Blue fan, and I love me some Boy Blue, and he's not back yet, and that's really bothering me. But other than that, it's been pretty good. Next up, Nightwing 93. All right. Written by Tom Taylor. Drawn by Bruno Redondo. Inked by Wade Von Graubadger. Uh, colored by Adriana Lucas, and letter by Wes Abbott. And this is one, and it's another like social justice story that I absolutely love where Nightwing doesn't use his fists. He uses his brains. He uses bureaucracy against the city, against the city, uh, the, um, the foundation of the city, against the establishment, if you will. And I think that's cool. I think we need more books like that. And we just keep doing it with, with Dick, and I really enjoy that. It also features the infamous moment that has blown up online where Dick blurts out that he loves Barbara. Um, I'm glad they're together now that Starfire is out of the picture officially. And he actually told her that's good. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I just, I just think it's going to be really interesting where it goes. I do love that Barbara's in this book, but it's weird that she's in both Batgirls and this pretty consistently. Uh, I'm curious to see how much longer she's going to stick around. And of course the art's incredible. It's always incredible. You know that I don't have to tell you. So Nightwing, check it out. And finally, we're going to check in with Dark Crisis with two books. First off, Dark Crisis, Young Justice, number one of six. Uh, written by Megan Fitzmartin, drawn by Laura Braga, colored by Luis Guerrero, and lettered by Pat Brasso. Um, Yeah, so we're checking out with Young Justice, which is an interesting move. I mean, we have a lot of other teams, you know, and this one is one that's not really been around for a while. Um, of course, that being Connor Superboy, Tim Robin. Um, Bart, Kid Flash, and Cassie, Wonder Girl. And it's like immediately after the Justice League are wiped out. And I thought it'd be cool to have a story about them stepping up. But it's not really about that. It's like an own solo adventure of what they're going... what Something they get into, basically, is the best way to put it. Um, as a big fan of Bart, I, I'm excited to see him back. I love Bart. I always thought he was a lot of fun. Um, I was a big Impulse fan for a long time. So that was one of my favorite runs of comics, actually. And there's a lot, of, a lot of cheek in this, I would say. Uh, I, th- I thought it was really great. And oh man, do we get a flashback to an outfit I love. I absolutely love. Um, for Cassie, I'll spoil that. It's the last page reveal. But it's interesting that in Dark Crisis, this is what these people are going to be doing. Um, you'll, you'll know what I mean when you read the book, but I'm kind of curious to see where if it'll tie into Dark Crisis or if it's literally like they show up and go, what happened? You know, so good stuff. And our final Dark Crisis book is The Flash 783. Oh, man. Okay. Written by Jeremy Adams. Art by Amanke Nahopan. Colored by Jeremy Cox. And letter by Rob Lay. They get the Flash family together, including my boy, Max Mercury. I love him. And basically, they're trying to find Barry, who's lost in the Speed Force, essentially. Or in the multiverse, I should say. So they're using that. And everybody goes out on their own little missions. It's going to be one of those things where everybody splits up and we all get a story. And I love the alternate universes we got so far, including the classic uh, Barry Wally Kid Flash era. And also means that my favorite supervillain of all time, Captain Cold, gets to make two appearances. So that was great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I just really enjoy him. He's just my favorite. But also excellent use of that's a flash fact. Just throwing that out there. So, um, but yeah, uh, if you are reading dark crisis, it is a tie in. Uh, they're going to be searching for various. They're part of it. That's why I'm picking it up. I don't normally read flash, but I'm enjoying it. Every time I pick up flash for a crossover, I enjoy it. I really should add to my pull list, but I just haven't. Um, but he's always been one of my favorite DC characters. Maybe I should, but yeah, uh, the flash 783 tying in to dark crisis. And of course we always wrap up our reviews with Marvel comics and how oh boy, here we go. We got a couple, but I want to start with Marvel, Pri- Marvel voices, pride. Number one, 
nothing's a competition. I'm not trying to make a competition, but I think this was a better executed pride issue than DC had. I like the DC one, but there were problems. Obviously we've talked about it quite a bit on Twitter, I'm sure. Um, but I really enjoyed this one. And it also featured some characters that don't get a lot of um, focus. And uh, just D-Man. That's all I got to say. D-Man's in this. I love him. Um, so I'm not going to go through all the creative teams once again. But I love the intro with Loki and the Young Avengers. I think that was really fun. The group of Loki's exes. I loved pouring over that. And being like, oh, that's the horse. <laughs> like, I remember that. I read books and just, oh, yeah, it's so good. Also, Lorelai. I love Lorelai. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, I love I love Hercules and Marvel Boy together. So that story was really great. The D-Man one was fun because, again, I, he's just such a rejected character. And I think that's what's charming about him. So that's really fun. Um and just a lot of others. So some characters like there's a character in the Black Panther universe that I didn't even know. And I thought that was really cool. No, Venom with two M's. And I thought that was a really cool story. I really enjoyed it. There's also a Moon Dragon has a dream story, which is always amazing. And it's a really great story for what happened today in the news. So I'll just leave it at that because that's kind of what it left me feeling. I also really like Runa the Valkyrie trying to have a pride in uh, Asgard. I thought that was pretty great. Uh, and then, of course, the main story at the end is uh, for two new trans heroes, mutants, I should say. Uh, Escapade is the main one. And I really like this character. And as I was reading it, uh, well, first of all, there's cutaways to like Peanuts style comic strips, which I thought was a really cool creative idea, especially for the subjects they're tackling, because it could have been really heavy in the normal art style. And it's a good way to do that. But as I was reading, I was I was like, oh, I love this character. I wish there was more of it. And then right there at the end, to be continued in New Mutants 31. So thank you, Vida Ayala, if you're the one doing it. Thank you so much. I'm very excited for that. Love this character, and I cannot wait to see how they fit in to Krakoa, if they do. So next up, we're going to talk about a number one, the new Fantastic Four number one. For those who don't know, this is a... This is a flashback book. It's not set in current time. Um, so for those who saw that the current Fantastic Four run is in, they'd be like, oh, this is our Fantastic Four. No, that's not it. Um, this is a flashback to when uh, Grey Hulk, Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider were the Fantastic Four for a bit. Written by Peter David, which is always a good sign. Uh, art by Alan Robinson, colored by Mike Spicer, and lettered by Joe Cara Magna. I love this, and I, it's got it's got like a lot of religious tones to it. Um and when you have Ghost Rider in a story with religious tones, that's always a good, fun adventure. It's also set in Vegas, which makes sense because Grey Hulk is Mr. Fix-It. And he works in Vegas. So he like runs a business in Vegas. So it makes sense to make it there. There are scenes outside of Vegas, including an amazing scene with the Vulture and Spider-Man that has just one of the best resolutions. I loved it so much. Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. And I, I think it's tackling a an important issue as well. Again, I'm not going to spoil too much of it, but it is something that I was actually aware of before this book. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. It handles a large homeless population in Las Vegas that a lot of people don't know about because they live underground. Um, this is a really serious concern in Vegas and it handles it. And I think it's going to bring awareness to it while playing. It's telling a fun comic story. So I really appreciate it for that. So Definitely check it out if Peter David's your bag. Uh, Peter David's one of my favorite writers ever, so obviously for me it is. But uh, I definitely recommend that. And speaking of Peter David, let's talk about Maestro World War M number four. Also written by Peter David. Drawn by Herman Prata, colored by Jesus Abertov, and lettered by Ariana Mayer. Oh, the fight. Okay. So Maestro is fighting off Namor and Monstro, or Giganto, excuse me, different creature. Giganto. And I love Abomination trying to get involved, but also like kind of torn about where he, what side he's on, because he hates the Hulk. Obviously, he hates the Hulk. But Namor kind of goes too far. And then I love that Doom's just on the sideline being like, what the fuck? Like, we had a plan, and you guys just couldn't stick to the plan. And I, I really like that it's all falling apart. I think it's cool. I think there's only one issue left, um, which makes me really sad. Uh, I've been really enjoying this triple volume maestro taking over the planet thing and i don't know we'll see where it goes 
uh, I need to go back and read the original Maestro run so I remember where he ends up because this is obviously a prequel to that. But um, yeah, once again, if you like Peter David, you like the Hulk, always a good run. Anytime Peter David touches the Hulk, I'm in. That brings me to another number one, Punisher War Journal Blitz, number one. Written by Torn Gronbeck, art by Alain Medina, colored by Antonio Fabella, and letter by Corey Petit. This is a side story to the main Punisher story going on right now where he works for the Hand, where they brought his wife back to life as part of the payment of him working for them and being their number one killer. And it's a really good story. The one thing, I, it uses Hatemonger, which is one of my most hated villains in Marvel, but in a good way, like I'm supposed to hate him. Um, and just like, oh, I fucking hate him so much. And he's so punchable. And I, I don't know, I just, I just love that. And I just wish he would like, let's just say he gets what he deserves. And that's what I love about Punisher War Journal books. Always, they're always someone getting what they deserve. War Journal is usually very violent, very straightforward not always matching continuity. Uh, they could be creative with it. So that's why I always like war journal books. Um, but yeah, if you're reading the other Punisher, this is a perfect supplement to it. Pick it up. Next up, the epic finale of Star Wars Crimson Rain. Ah, oh man, we're building. Written by Charles Soule, art by Steve Cummings. Um, inked by Victor Lozaba, colored by Guru EFX, and lettered by Travis Lanham. Um, Everything the Crimson Dawn has been working towards has finally come to fruition. The Empire is on to them, but they're ready to enact their their solution. And Kira just has this amazing plan that is all dependent on several of her people doing exactly what they need to do. And it all comes down to this. And uh, I love it. Uh, it's just, I love the Crimson Dawn. I'm really sad that they weren't in the sequel series because I would have known that they'd make it out of this. That would have been nice because um, I love Kira. I love Solo. Probably my favorite Star Wars movie. I've made that abundantly clear. I think it's amazing. And Hosea's not here to make fun of me. So that's good. Um, but we found at the end, this is the end of Crimson Rain and the beginning of the final part of the trilogy, The Hidden Empire in 2022. And you'll better believe I'm going to be here for that. So pick it up to find out what's going on in the Star Wars comics. It's been so much fun between that and all the other books, especially Dr. Aphra. It's, if you'd like Star Wars, read the comics. They're fantastic. Moving on to the streets of New York City for Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and Moon Girl. Uh, I really liked this book. It's number one. Uh, I did get the, um, the Peach Momoko cover, as always. Written by Mahole Mashigo. Art by Ig Guara. Colored by Rochelle Rosenberg and letter by Travis Lanham. Um, yeah, it's literally what it says on the tin. Um, Moon Girl and Miles Morales teaming up. Something's going on with Devil Dinosaur. And Moon Girl's trying to figure out what's going on. He disappears and she's trying to find him and runs afoul. Miles Morales, both in costume and out. And I really like the idea because she uses Brooklyn Visions, his school, as a cover. She's like, uh, like applying to go there and doing an overnight stay to check it out. I wouldn't be opposed to her going there. Like if that was her school, I think that'd be really cool to tie them together. And yeah. Um, but it's, it's obviously a part one. We get an idea of where they're going with it. I like it. I like moon girl quite a bit. And, um, obviously miles is one of my favorite, uh, Marvel new Marvel heroes, especially. Um, I don't know. We'll see, but it, so far it looks great. And so far I've, I've had a blast of this first issue and, uh, yeah, pick it up. I, I think you'll enjoy it too. There's also a really good fight in it. With Taskmaster, one of my favorite villains. Uh, next up is The Amazing Spider-Man, number four. Oh, man. Tombstone, man. Ah. Okay, we'll do Creative Team. <laughs> Written by Zeb Wells, penciled by John Romina Jr., inked by Scott Hanna, colored by Marcio Meniz, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. Man, Tombstone is just, like, the best. The best planner. The smartest threat. I love it. He did this perfectly. It was handled absolutely perfectly and i'm not going to spoil because it's a really really great reveal and there's still so many secrets this book is holding back from us about what's happened but man i i if you are a tombstone fan if those people exist this is the book for you i loved it peter was completely caught off guard it's just it's just the best it's such a good villain winning the day story even if they don't win the war in the end winning the day it's done so well highly recommend 
Next up, Moon Knight 12. This is also Streets in New York, for the record. Um, so I got the Hellfire Gala variant edition with Wanda on the cover, and she looks amazing, so yes. Um, written by Jed McKay, art by Alessandro Capuccio, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg, and lettered by Corey Petit. We got the confrontation with Zodiac going on, and I, it just ends so good. Like I love this book so much. The art is just so vibrant and vivid and just amazing. And it involves this entire extended cast we've been working with, Tigra, and um, and with Reese and Soldier, and just all of them. Like it's just really, really good. And man, I, I, I don't, I don't know what. I, if you're not reading this yet, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's just so fantastic. If you liked the show, I think you'd really enjoy, especially this issue because the last page reveal was so cool, and it's just typical Moon Knight fun. Jed McKay has been killing this run. This has been one of the best Marvel runs in memory. And it actually was our Marvel book of the year last year. The first book to beat Daredevil for that. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I would recommend this to everybody. Um, it's a really great... This 12-issue run has been an amazing intro to this character. And I think it'll show you exactly the, the greatness of it. Like, what you can really expect from such a cool character that definitely blurs the lines more than pretty much every other vigilante in Marvel. So I would definitely check it out if you can. Now we're going to swing over to Krakoa and wrap up with some X books. First of all, new means 26. Uh, so new means 26 is written by Vida Ayala. Uh, we have art by Rod Reese and Jen Dersima colored by Ruth Redman and lettered by Travis Lanham. Uh, we got this story going in a limbo with Ileana and the team and it's just been so good and just just the use of like the demons and warlock i'll I'll say in particular and to tell this story it's just really well done and iliana not having her soul sword not being able to teleport you don't get to see iliana very vulnerable very often and she doesn't really show the vulnerability she does exactly what you think she would do which is she puffs herself up i like that i like that a lot and I think it has a really cool resolution. Obviously, the story is not over, but I think this issue has a good resolution. And also, possibly, like, check out... Her, okay, spoiler, she gets her soul sword back. Check it out. The new design is pretty awesome. I really, really think that's really cool. So, uh, Next up in our Krakoan adventure, Knights of X3. I also got the Hellfire cover and the cover A. Hellfire cover being the one with Rogue on it, and she looks great. So, with that in mind, Knights of X3, written by Teeny Howard, uh, drawn by Bob Quinn, colored by Eric Arcienega, and lettered by Ariana Mayer. It's so interesting because they are teasing that there will be a sacrifice. One of the X-Men must die. One of the knights, I should say, must die. And Shogo's watching it and knows that one of them must die. And they give us an idea of who it might be at the end, but... I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It seems I, I don't want to get too much into the spoiler like direction of that. But I, I saw somebody online talking about it's probably gonna be Richter or Shatterstar. But I'm like, they're like the same sex couple in this twelve person team. I'd be really sad if they were broken up by death. That would be really sad. Um I don't know, we'll see. Um I think it's really cool. I like Mordred slowly kinda like being part of the group. I love Kylan just appearing and joining in. No one's talking about him. No one explains him in the audience, which I think is great because it's like, go read Excalibur. It's fantastic. Um, we get some really cute moments between Satterstar and Richter, one of my favorite couples in comics. I just think this is really, really great. I, I, I highly recommend it to anybody out there who wants to, to check it out. I, I recommend all of the X books. Let me make that clear. Every X book should be read. <laughs> so I just want to make that clear. But this one's been a lot of fun, especially if you really enjoyed the last run of Excalibur. Because it really builds on that. And X-Men 12. Uh, I also got the Hellfire Club variant of that one. With Cyclops looking like a dish. As me and Josue said. Most improved from last year. Uh, so. Uh, written by Gary Dugan. Art by Pepe Larraz. Colored by Marte Gracia. And lettered by Clayton Cowles. Um, it plays off in two parts. And I think it's really great. First of all, we resolved the Cordyceps Jones shit because fuck that guy. He's been an asshole. So I'm glad they resolved that. Jean and her team, they do it in a fun, very X-Men creative way, and I really enjoyed that. And then like, the heart of the story is 
Ben Urich, Cyclops, and Everett. And I thought that was done so well. I really enjoyed that. And I think I love that the X-Men are learning to live with their consequences. A lot of people have criticized the X-Men as of late in our world for placing themselves above people and making decisions and stuff. Um, I think this is them accepting responsibility. And it does look like this team of X-Men obviously is no longer around. We're going to have to recruit new ones. And so we're left with Cyclops, Gene, and Everett are the remaining X-Men. So I'm excited to see who gets in here. Uh, obviously, we had the vote. It'll be really interesting to see who wins that vote. Um, here's hoping Monet wins so we can get the awkwardness with Everett. Um, but I, and obviously, it's not going to be a four-person team. They're going to add other people. So I'm really excited to see where, where it goes. Um, this has been such a great era of X-Men comics. I can't express that enough. Check it out. And my final comic of the year, of the week, excuse me, is Immortal X-Men number three. Oh, this was heavy. Uh, another one. This is a Hostway book. I wish he was here. Um, let me pull up the credits. They're halfway through the book this time. Most of this is an intro. <laughs> um, so. Also, there I, I did not see a Hellfire variant cover for this one. If there was, I did not see it. So if there is, give me a shout out on Twitter because I need it. Okay. Written by Karen Gillen, drawn by Lucas Wernick, colored by Dijon Lima, and lettered by Clayton Cowles. This is a Destiny-centric story, and it has some pretty serious ramifications on the future of the X. Um, as serious as Destiny's stuff has ever really been. Um, without straight up telling you what happens, let's just say one of the things Destiny is known for is the Diaries of Destiny. When when she wrote down like this epic grand future of everything that could possibly happen in these books, and there was a huge struggle over that for a long time in X-Men books... And we kind of see the origins of the Diaries of Destiny. And we also see like it's a once one-time thing. It's something that happened. And I really liked that. I thought that was a really cool angle to take it with. And we also get to see a twist to that, which is really well done. I also really like seeing the inner workings of the of the Quiet Council. I always I always think that's interesting. Um, but yeah, the best soap opera in comics continues. Uh, I don't know what else I can say. It's been really, really, really good. Uh, I know there's an issue coming up with Exodus. It's going to focus on Exodus. I'm very excited about that because it's a very misunderstood character. And yeah, I can't wait to see where we're going to go with that. So that is all the issues we had this week. This is the part where we normally talk about what else we have been reading. Um, I have started Dune, the original Dune. So yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> um, but it's good. It's good so far. I'm really enjoying it. It's my first time reading it. I know, <laughs> but it's it's been a blast. Um, and to be honest, I haven't read a lot of anything else. Um, been preoccupied with taking care of our Pride episode. So we're going to go ahead and go straight into our plugs. You can find me on Twitter at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find um, my co-host Josue at Josue Reads Josue. And you can find our producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz. You can find this show at WHI Podcast on Twitter. Um, on there, you'll see when we announce new episodes. They almost always come out on a Saturday morning, so you guys can listen to it over the weekend. Enjoy the books. Go out to the stores when you're off work. And I hope that's a good timing for you. Let us know. Give us feedback. I'm looking for feedback. I don't have anyone to talk to right now, so I'm just begging for feedback, people. Um, but yeah, it comes out on Saturday mornings. Now, our other show, Jukebox Vertigo, is a music show where we build playlists based on randomized categories. This show Josue actually hosts and it is available on at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. Our episode that's going to come out after this on Monday morning is our Jukebox Vertigo Pride special. And we're doing it a little bit differently this time. We are going to have, instead of two guests with multiple songs, we have 10 guests. And each one of them provides one song for the playlist. And all of our guests are members of the LGBTQA community. And all the songs are created by people, members of the LGBTQA community as well. Uh, so it's very queer, very fun episode. I had a blast editing it together. Um, we did, you know, all these separate interviews for these people we love. And you're not going to believe the people we got for this episode. I'm talking, we're on We Have Issues right now. I'm talking about comic book creators. I'm talking about actual musicians. Like and of course some of your favorites. If you listen to Jukebox Vertigo, you're gonna hear some of your favorite people return, um, including both people from last year's Pride episode. So make sure to check that out on Monday morning. We're very proud of it, and I'm gonna push it until you all listen to it. 
Uh, so once again, at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. Uh, but that is pretty much it from me. Thank you so much for putting up with me while uh, my esteemed colleague and stalwart sidekick, not so stalwart this week, but stalwart sidekick, is gone. I promise he'll be back next week. Hopefully, I won't be still sick with COVID at that point, and we'll be able to have a good conversation about comics. Uh, don't forget to bag, board, and box your new treasures, and we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe, wear your mask, and read more comics. Thank you.